Welcome back to the Crash Course Podcast. My name is Craig Crash Collins, joined as always by Brandon Scott. You know him as B. Scott. Well, game one of the Richardson Steichen era is in the books, and there is a lot to discuss. Today, we're going to react to the Colts' loss to the Jaguars. We're going to give our grades from the game. We're going to give a hot take based on what we saw. We're going to give you know, a lot of breakdown, a lot of reaction to the game on Sunday. We're also going to predict uh, next week's game against the Texans. And we're also going to talk about week one as a whole because there were a lot of storylines, a lot of crazy things that happened. Uh, we're going to give some uh, crazy predictions as well uh, for week two. So, B. Scott, football is finally here, and, and week one did not disappoint. <laughs> it did not. You know, it's just so weird. Like, it feels like a whole new dawning of football to me as a football fan because both of the two the two teams at, at the pro level and then at the college level that I, I cheer for have new coaches and new quarterbacks and so it's kind of like a whole bunch of unknowns and you're watching feel like you're watching a brand new team so very exciting this year um and I'll tell you what Sunday was was entertaining and it very, very encouraging for the future. It felt, I would say, it felt really like I don't know the right word to describe it, or I, or I actually I do, and I'm just going to use it later on in the broadcast when we give our one word to describe the offense and the defense. But I felt really good about it, just because like it kind of felt like okay, finally we're moving forward uh, yeah. through all of the years of. You know, even with Philip Rivers, like I know the Philip Rivers year was the only one that was actually a success as far as the plug-and-play veteran quarterback project went. Um, but I, you know, those years kind of felt like, okay, it feels like we're just kind of delaying the inevitable. We're delaying the inevitable. Eventually, we're going to have to go out and get a quarterback, and that's mm -hmm. finally what the Colts did. I know that I was a big advocate of Jacoby Brissett and, and Carson Wentz. I thought both of those were potential act. You know, both those players were potential answers. Um, I knew like, but especially with like Matt Ryan, I was like, we're just kicking the can down the road. Like we need to get a quarterback in there. And finally to see a young fresh face, the future of the Colts and have it be the type of debut he had. It was very refreshing to be like, okay, now it feels like we're finally moving on. We're finally taking the next step towards getting back to where we hope and want the Colts to be. Yeah. You know, it, it's the Colts finally have a plan. And the past few years, when you watch the Colts struggle, it was just like, this is ridiculous because there's no hope. Whereas this year, if you watch the Colts play and they struggle, you go, you know what? It's okay because there's going to be growing pains. It's a rookie quarterback, rookie head coach. We're, we're, but it, things are looking up. At least you can say, I'm looking towards the future now. And didn't I really emphasize that in our uh, did, yeah. season preview of telling Colts fans, hey, it's not about the win-loss record this year. Honestly, a, a better losing a losing record is better for this team going forward. And so right now it's all about the future. And it, it, it is exciting. Even in a loss, it is exciting because you can see what this team could potentially be. If, you know... Now the next thing will be the be seen. Can they build off of where they faltered this this week? That will be the next sign of good growth. 
And I think that's that's the kind of success I'm looking for this year. Yeah, I'm for sure. excited. It, it is exciting, even even in a loss. Well, let's go ahead and kind of dive into it because week one, like I said, was very exciting. You know, we saw the Lions spoil the Chiefs banner celebrations. The 49ers route the Steelers. The Browns dominate the Bengals. We see the Cowboys absolutely obliterate the Giants. Aaron Rodgers, uh, we learned today as of recording this, he tear- tears his Achilles. The Jets fans are uh, <laughs> are in agony right now. Of course, they're not too much because they won, but um, but but at what cost? Who did they beat? Who did, who did they? Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. There you go. It's it's the B Scott victory lap. This is this is it what is. this podcast who, is. Didn't I say <laughs> yeah. in our, our NFL season preview? Yeah, the Buffalo Bills do no longer deserve to be in the conversation of Super Bowl contender. Yeah, well, and it's funny too because uh, last night on the on the Monday Night Football game, they uh, were like, "Yeah, you know, Phil or Phil Rivers, uh, Josh Allen has." Um, you know, he's got the most touchdowns, you know, through the first five years of any quarterback in history, but he also has like the most turnovers. And then like, and then you kind of see it play out where he throws the first pick and you're like, okay, that's not a great pick. Then he throws the second, then he throws the third, then like completely like, or maybe he only had three interceptions, but like he just kept turning the ball over. And it's like, okay, this is just getting like, I was, you know, you, you sent me that clip earlier today and I was like, yeah, he was just bad. Like there's no other way around it there's no like oh well you know the Jets defense I mean the Jets defense is good but there's no reason to and especially in a game like that first game of the season first Monday night game it should be a game you get up for and play your best and he just did not play well at all no so yeah it is the it is the B Scott victory lap week well I'll, I'll give it to you because you you were you were right on that account as well um but yeah, let's get into this Colts uh, and Jaguars game. Kind of looking back, we'll give her a little bit of a game summary here in case you missed it. Uh, in the first quarter, the Jaguars strike first on a nine-play, 61-yard drive capped off by Trevor Lawrence, uh, throwing a touchdown pass to Calvin Ridley. Uh, it was 7-0 Jaguars after one. Uh, in the second quarter, you saw the Colts offense finally get going. They respond with an 11-play, 75-yard touchdown drive. Anthony Richardson on the quarterback keeper for his first NFL touchdown. Uh, Jacksonville gets back on top with a great throw from Terrence, uh, Trevor Lawrence to uh, Zay Jones, who had a phenomenal catch on the sideline in the end zone. Uh, the Jaguars were leading 14-7 to at halftime. In the third quarter, on second and 28, Anthony Richardson finds Michael Pittman, who goes 39 yards to the house. Um, and that, you know, makes it a tie game at that point. Then DeForest Buckner returns one of the most bizarre fumbles of all time for a touchdown to give the Colts a lead of 21 to seven after the third. It was, you know, that was Trevor, like a double fumble. Yeah, it was but, Trevor Lawrence got hit from behind. The ball came out and then it, no one really knew if it was an incomplete pass or not. Uh, what, I think take, it was Tank Bigsby. Yeah. He's, he picked, picked it up, picked it up and, and just stood there, but great heads up play by Zaire Franklin to go up and not make the tackle, but punch the ball out. Yeah. And then for DeForest Buckner to pick it up and just rumble it in, I'm sitting there screaming at the TV, there's no whistle. Yeah. They haven't blown it dead. So great heads up play there. Oh, yeah. Um, in the fourth quarter with 514 to play, Tank Bigsby uh, punches it in from one yard out to give the Jags the lead again. And then 66 uh, seconds later, Travis Etienne breaks a 26-yard run to push the Jaguars' lead to 10. The Colts get all the way down to the goal line uh, with, on third down. Uh, right before third down, Anthony Richardson is forced to leave uh, due to injury. He wasn't, uh, you know, he had you know, gotten banged up um, a couple of plays prior. Minshew 
uh, throws a pair of incompletions to end the comeback attempt for Indy, and the Jaguars beat the Colts 31-21. to Looking at some stats from the game, Trevor Lawrence was 24 of 32 for 241 yards and two touchdowns. He also threw a pick. A Calvin Ridley had eight catches for 101 yards and a touchdown for the Colts. Anthony Richardson was 24 for 37 for 223 yards, a touchdown, and a pick. He also had 40 yards on the ground and a touchdown. Michael Pittman had eight catches for 97 yards and a touchdown. So in our reaction uh, for the first game, we're going to go through a couple of different phases of our reaction. The first thing I wanted to get to is giving this week one of the Steichen-Richardson era, which is a mouthful to say. I'm going to just pull, throw that out there. So, so that's a lot of syllables in that in that phrase. We just call it a new era in Colts football. Yes. Um, give it a grade. Um, what we thought overall from uh, game one uh, for new head coach Shane Steichen and Anthony Richardson, uh, the new quarterback for the Colts. Um, and so when I was kind of trying to dissect the game, there are a lot of good things to take from it, a lot of promising things to take from it, and I had to kind of do a, you know, take take my fandom out of it and try to accurately give it a grade because, like, look, I was almost, I was like, because I, I, I think the only way you give this game an A is if the Colts win. That was the only way that I would have given it an A, but I was, like, right knocking on the door of a B plus because I was like, dude, you know, great debut for Anthony Richardson. The defense looked really good and all this stuff. Um, but then I looked at kind of some of the numbers offensively they had 280 yards against uh, a jaguars defense that was ranked 26th uh in the preseason by pro football network um they had just five games that were worse than that last season where they had a worse output than 280 yards of total offense one was the upset against the chiefs so that's kind of the outlier uh one was the all-time terrible performance against the pat where it was pats where it was like historically bad offensively um, and then uh, two were during the Jeff Saturday era towards the end of the year. Um, defensively, they gave up 342 yards, which would have been a middle-of-the-road performance a year ago. So by the numbers, those two stats there, you know, with the, the numbers the offense put up and the numbers the defense allowed, makes you kind of want to put it in the C range because you're like, well... All told, it's it's kind of more of the same from what we've seen the from the Colts over the past couple of years. But I'll split the difference. I'm going to say B minus. That's the grade I'm going to give for Game One here uh, because there were some flashes and there is some cause for optimism. You have Anthony Richardson uh, notching his first rushing and passing touchdown, um, which was a strong debut. Any criticisms that we have from Anthony Richardson from Game One are not anything that we weren't already coming into the season knowing that he was going to struggle through and be obstacles for him. Yeah, he got hurt towards the end of the game because he needs to learn how to slide or just not run as often. He's going to have to try to be more of a pocket passer. We already knew that going in. Um, I wasn't a huge fan of all the fourth down attempts. I don't know why. I, for whatever reason, it seemed to be a theme this week that if you were between the 45s, you didn't punt. You you went for it on fourth down because I saw it not only so often in the – in, in the Colts and, and Jaguars game, but we also saw it in the Bears-Packers game. I saw it, I think, even in the Cowboys game. It happened, I think, in the Bills game. Uh, so it's like, man, wow, I, we just decided the, that punters don't exist if you're inside the 45-yard well, line. I wonder if it has something to do with these teams are trying to uh, offset any potential injuries. Maybe. Because when you're when you're kicking in that area, you are really skying it up, and then you'll get that one guy that's like, "I'm gonna be a hero here and try, <laughs> try to, to return get it." Some yardage, yeah. <laughs> and somebody just gets absolutely Decleated. leveled and hurt pretty badly. Maybe, I don't know, but 
yeah you're right it, a lot of the games was it was that way so i was gonna say like well you know it was kind of no man's land so yeah well, i mean i'm for I mean, if it is, if it actually actually works it's for the colts like they had nothing to lose true that is fair i mean you're you're in the game and you're well, i'll get into it in mind keep going no but i was just gonna say um Obviously, you know, there's some things, you know, that could improve. Uh, Michael Pittman had a good game. Zaire Franklin had 18 tackles. DeForest Buckner, who I said was going to have a big year, he has the fumble return for the touchdown. Um, you know, obviously, there's some things, like I said, to improve. Like I said, not super fond of the fourth downs. Obviously, the fourth, or obviously, the run game needs to improve, uh, especially now that it's on but life support at the moment. In, all, in, in the Colts' defense, there with the run game, you're down basically to your fourth string and practice squad yeah. running back right now. So, um, but bottom line, I feel like a majority of the day the Colts were in it, and that's all you can ask for. It's like, like you said, I was I was planning on giving you props, Beast Guy. I know we said it's got victory lap. Um, I was gonna give you props because that's what you said. You know, as long as they're competitive and in the game, it's gonna be exciting, and it was. And you know, it doesn't the result. I felt better after this the loss this year in Week One than I have you know after the tie last year in Houston. After week one of the Carson Wentz era, with when they lost to the Seahawks, like I feel better about what we saw on Sunday than I have about this team in a while. Yeah, so I'm giving them a B, a, just a flat B, because when I the offense struck, I would say the offense got pretty flat and had trouble staying on the field because of the run game. You know, when there's no run game outside of your quarterback. That's going to be a, a problem. And I, I, but the biggest encouraging thing I saw out of the offense, other than um, Anthony Richardson and his chemistry with Michael Pittman Jr., and got to talk about his chemistry he had with Josh Downs. I was very pleased with, with that rookie wide receiver as well. His chemistry with Kylan Granson looked, looked good. I mean, we, had, I think that's probably the best game Kylan Granson's had his entire career. Um, but the offensive line played pretty well. I'm not saying they were great. You know, it's not like it was a couple of years ago when that line was solid. It, it was improved. Um, I don't know if that was because Anthony Richardson was able to scramble out and extend plays. And that's something we haven't seen recently. Or if they are taking those, that, that, those steps. But the offense did have trouble staying on the field. So I give the defense a pass a little bit for how many yards they gave up. Because look at the second half, a good majority of the second half, that defense kept this team in the game and gave the Colts the lead. The defense was lights out at a point. No, I'm However, with, I, I was very shocked to see the, the 342 at the end of the day because it felt like it was a lot better than that. It, yeah, and <laughs> that's because... At the end, by the as the game went on, the offense kept three and out, three and out, three and out. Defense got gassed. They can only hold up for so long when they are constantly on the field. And I feel like most of the, a lot of the big chunk of those yards came when Jacksonville regained the lead and extended it. Um, I mean, you take away that one big Travis Etienne rush of uh, that 26-yard touchdown, I mean, that makes things look even a little bit better. Um, early in the game, 
when um, Jacksonville marched it right down the field with Calvin Ridley every single play, it felt like. I mean, those two drives alone is are, are game changers as far as the yardage goes. Obviously, the score as well. But I, I give the defense a little bit of a pass because the defense was really what kept the Colts in this game and put them in a position to win the game. Um, so that's why I'm I'm going with a B just because I'm looking at kind of like the intangibles there that are like, well, yeah, that defense played really well, but man, were they gassed at the end and rightfully so. And then the offense had its moments. There's, there's a lot to improve upon on in the offense. Um, but I would say right now, the area that needs the most improvement is the offense, which mm-hmm. is, which is good that, that, you know, that's going to give this team an opportunity to win every week. Oh yeah. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's after week one, the, that's the world of the, the hot take, the overreaction, because you've seen one game and it's either affirmed what you've already believed, or it's, you know, been so drastically different that you're, you know, ready to, to abandon hope altogether. So I thought, you know, let's give a hot take overreaction to week one of the Colts season. We're also going to do this for the NFL, for the NFL as a whole a little bit later. Um, but my hot take uh, for uh, the Colts after week one. Uh, I wanted to go uh, a couple of different ways with this, uh, but this is where I ultimately landed on. The Colts will win in Jacksonville for the first time since 2014. From what I saw on Sunday, I think it's finally going to happen. Uh, about a month from now, October 15th, the Colts will be at Jacksonville. Uh, the numbers from today's loss weren't drastically different from what we from the Colts' week two loss last season where Jacksonville beat them 24 to nothing. Uh, they had a similar amount of yards. I think they ended up in that game like 218 yards of offense, and they gave up about 350 or so yards uh, in that week two loss uh, last year. And so the numbers were pretty similar, and yet it was a lot closer game. It was 31 to 21, and you know it was it took a late touchdown from Travis Etienne to make it a 10 point game. Even it was a lot closer than the final score led on. Um, and they were in the game. Honestly, it felt like the Colts for a while in that game were going to win it. They fell apart late, which is what has been kind of the story for the Colts the last couple of seasons. Uh, but if the running game is better and Richardson can keep improving, I think there's no reason to think that the Colts can't go into Jacksonville for the first time since 2014 and beat them and earn the win. Well, by then you should have, you should have Jonathan Taylor back. Whether the Colts or not, what, what, right? Um, whether it's begrudgingly or whether he actually is, is, is ready to go. Yeah, who knows? Maybe the Colts will be throwing to Jalen Waddle. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, so for me, my this one's going to be a way overreaction because I know a lot of people would be like, "That would be great if this could be what happens." For me, it's. I don't want to see it really just because of the the way this team needs to grow and what needs to happen to help this team along. But my overreaction is the Colts will finish in second place in the AFC South and be in contention for the last wild card spot. Look, the AFC South teams did not look all that great. I mean, does Houston really scare you? No, I mean, Houston's going to be right up there contending for the first or second pick in the draft. Tennessee is, I mean, woohoo. DeAndre Hopkins choosing Tennessee with Ryan Tannehill. And they lose week one of the Saints. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, 
I don't know if that's much of an overreaction. It's possibly attainable. I mean, at least the Colts looked good in their loss, albeit it was at home. Um, hey, seven and ten were a division last year, and that could be the case. <laughs> I don't think seven and ten will win you a division this year right. in the AFC or the AFC South. Will not. I mean, Jacksonville's good. Yeah, Jack, yeah. I think Jacksonville kind of got. They, I, I almost feel like they overlooked this game, thinking rookie head coach, rookie quarterback, their star running back is nowhere to be found. So many holes to this team. Yeah. Okay. Week one. So, but I don't know. I feel like. No, I'm glad. I'm glad that you went there because that's where I was when the Colts were up twenty-one to seventeen. I'm like, the Colts are gonna. The Colts might win the AFC South this year. If they played. Th- if they oh, played this, I wasn't well, thinking that. What I was thinking when they were up twenty-one seventeen was, oh, oh, there goes Marvin Harrison. <laughs> <laughs> I was just talking to myself. Well, at least he will end up in Arizona and not in our division or yeah. in our conference. Um, but. Yeah, that's my overreaction is I think the Colts will – I'm going to say the Colts will now finish second in the division and contend for that final wild card spot. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, like I said, that's – It's going to be tough to – I mean, it's going to be tough to nail down that last wild card spot. I mean, because we're looking at, like, the AFC West and everything. And yeah. That's a – well, who knows with the – who knows with the Chiefs? The, well, and who knows about – I mean – with the way the Steelers looked on Sunday, and with which was a fringe team for us, what the way the, uh, the, the, way the yeah, it's not looking great for my Super Bowl pick. Um, and um, that may be that may to be may need to be added to the crash kiss of death uh list. Mm-hmm. Um, but also the Jets, who knows what they're going to be? We we kind of notched them as a playoff team. You know what do they do? I mean, like it's, it's, it's funny because. We, we oh say all this doom and gloom about the Jets. They they won the game. <laughs> they, they they are one and zero. But but all but what long term? Because uh, they also won. They beat the Bills at home last year too, and and still missed the playoffs. So, uh, yeah. So there's there's a couple of potentially fewer teams in the mix than what I'll we previously you, I'll thought. Give you my biggest hot take and my overreaction: Tom Brady comes out of retirement and starts <laughs> at quarterback for the Jets. Oh, I, was, I thought you were gonna say Raiders because he like has partially. He's like, you know what? I oh, can no, do Jimmy G looked good. Yeah, I was gonna say they won. Jimmy so. G looked really good. Yeah. Um. But yeah, until, no. Until I, he until he gets injured, and yeah. then they have to fall back on Aiden O'Connell. Until they have to go get Tom Brady. Um, no, they won't have. They won't. They won't have to do that. They they've got Aiden O'Connell. They got AOC sitting in there ready to go. So I'm I'm secretly hoping that the Colts just are bad and ticket prices tank. And the Raiders have some success, but Jimmy G gets hurt. And then that December 31st game at Lucas Oil Stadium between the Raiders and the Colts yeah. is Aiden O'Connell playing. And I can get like tickets on my birthday for like super cheap to go see Aiden O'Connell. Yeah, that'd, that'd be that'd be a birthday present. You'd be Aiden O'Connell, second year in a row, you get to see him play at Lucas Oil. That'd be pretty pretty crazy. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Um so but yeah, no, like I said, I like where your head's at with that because, yeah, when they were winning, I was like, my hot take is going to be that they make the playoffs and then they lost. And I was like, I don't know if I want to go that far. But um, so um, I want to also now go into one word to describe um, the offense and the defense. What is, you know, what is one word we can use to kind of ca- sum up our thoughts on those two units from Sunday? Um, For me, offense, I'm going to say promising. 
Um, this is where Anthony Richardson. Uh, this is where Anthony Richardson was in comparison to what Horseshoe Heroes projected his stat line. I was looking for kind of like, okay, what are my thoughts for what a good debut would be, and how close are they to like what like other like you know blogs and and journalists and stuff like that think his first game should be around. And let's see, you know, where Anthony Richardson kind of stacks up. Uh, his completion percentage. Horseshoe Heroes said a good stat line for him there would be fifty to sixty percent. His actual completion percentage was 65, actually a rookie record in his debut for the Colts. Um, Passing yards, they had him between 200 and 250 yards. He threw for 223. Oh, also, he had the most completions of any Colt quarterback in their debut, uh, being out Andrew Luck. Um, Wow, okay. That's impressive considering how much you hear about uh, his accuracy issues, which they they appeared every now and again. For sure. Uh, Like the color commentator said, uh, Jonathan Vilma said it. He said, look, Anthony Richardson's not, he's, he's aiming the ball. He's not passing the ball. He's aiming it. And it was at a time where he uh, missed a wide open uh, Kylan Granson. Um, he threw it behind him right early in the game. Um, the Horseshoe Heroes had the number of passing touchdowns between one and two. He had one. Interceptions between one and two. Richardson had one. It has rushing yards between uh, 50 and 80. He had 40, so close to that mark. Uh, rushing touchdowns, they said between 0 and 1. He had 1. Um, there definitely was some areas for improvement. We said, like it's, you know, we said earlier, a lot of the things that you could knock on Anthony Richardson were not things we didn't already expect to kind of see him need to improve on throughout the course of the year. But truth be told, you know, I know that we're just kind of focusing on Anthony Richardson, or I am uh, in that statement. Um, that's what we're going to kind of grade the Colts on this year. Offense wise is going to be, you know, Anthony Richardson is going to be the key to how much this offense progresses throughout the course of the year. Um, and so through game one, I, I, I like what I see. I'm, it's a very promising start, uh, for Anthony Richardson. Um, as far as my one word for the defense, I'm going to say strong. Uh, this is the strongest unit uh, on this team, and it showed on Sunday. They forced a couple of turnovers that kept Indy in the game. You have DeForest Buckner returning a touchdown, uh, a fumble recovery for a touchdown. Um, Jacksonville was just 4 of 15 on third and fourth down, so the Colts held strong there. You got Shaq Leonard back uh, to go along with other standout players we've talked about tonight. So, uh, you know, just like the offense, there's cause for some optimism. You know, we knew this was going to be this was going to kind of by default be the best unit uh, on the Colts, but I think they also sh- like showed, um, you know, that, that they're, they're, they are going to be a really good unit this year. Like, like I said earlier, when I saw that they had a 400 or they gave up 342 yards, I was like, that doesn't see, it doesn't feel like that yeah. at all. Because when I was watching the game, um, you know, when I was watching, you know, Gus Bradley on the sideline talking his team up, I was like, this, this defense is like, had like a top five day, right? A top five, top 10 day. And I looked at the stats and they're like, yeah, they gave up 300, almost 350 yards. I was like, oh, well, it didn't feel like that at all. It felt like that defense played, you know, out of their minds all day. Yeah. So for me, my one word for the offense, you know, I, I want I'm going to say exciting, but hear me out. I know everybody's like, but it wasn't like, <laughs> I, thought, I, mean, I two, think so around 280 yards, uh, running game got nowhere. What I'm meaning by that is one. Yeah. Like you said, all the knocks we've heard on Anthony Richardson were there. So we didn't, you know, see anything that like, Oh my gosh, that was not 
good. And that's unexpected. But the plays that he does make on a regular are exciting. Like, for instance, there was one play, I think it was late. It was in the third or fourth quarter. It was, oh, in the fourth quarter when they were driving down right before he got knocked out. He scrambled out of the pocket, rolled out as the pocket was collapsing in on him. And as he's running towards the sidelines, he throws the ball back across his chest. Just a perfect pass, like a almost like a Pat Mahomes style pass right to Michael Pittman Jr. for a first down. And my dad was over watching it. And he goes, did he really just throw that back across his chest like that? I said, yeah, I mean, but the thing is like that kind of play he can make consistently. It's the basic plays that you need him to make consistently is where he struggles, which is surprising. So that's why I'm going to say exciting because a play is never dead with Anthony Richardson. It's it you're I feel like with Anthony Richardson the amount of negative plays on offense are going to be far fewer. Um because he he's not going to go down, but I mean, you, then you look at his his size, man. 6'5", 250, 250, 255. I mean, and how fast he runs and how agile he is for that size too. It's just kind of unfair um like the way i described him to my dad i was like he's he's a uh unpolished cam newton in essence but it's exciting football like yeah it can be frustrating when they hand the ball off and it goes nowhere but then you're like well they just ran with jake funk or Deion jackson <laughs> i'm not terribly surprised there um and yeah, then it is frustrating when you know he misses a wide open tight end because he threw the ball behind him when he had a clean, super clean pocket. Um, but it's still exciting because at any moment he can make a big play, and that is something I don't think the Colts have had really even since Andrew Luck. I don't even know if Andrew Luck you you felt like every time he touched, every time he dropped back, something big could happen. You know, I don't know. So that's why I say exciting. The defense, um, man, I want to say advantage. The, the way the defense played, if the offense could just get some consistency, that defense will be an advantage for this team. This team will be in every single game they play because of that defense. And that goes a long way as the season progresses. Um, so if you can get some consistency out of the offense, keeping them on the field and keeping that defense on the sideline, there's no reason that defense cannot be a, a total advantage for this team throughout the rest of the year. One more uh, little uh, topic I want to do from week one, and then we'll move on to a little bit of week two before we move on from the Colts Jaguars. Um, our standout performer from week one, uh, who we think should kind of be the player of the game, the the MVP from the first game of the season. My standout performance, I'm usually more of an offense guy. I usually like to shout out you know players on offense, um, but I'm going with a defensive player here. Um, I want to shout out the defense. I'm going with Zaire Franklin. Yes. Uh, like I said before, yeah. uh, the, you know there was a reason 
the Colts were in the game, and then the defense uh, really did uh, did really well and was really strong. He had 18 tackles, which is a career high for him, um, which is pretty crazy. He had 10 solo tackles, which is also a career high. Um, he led the team in tackles last season as well, but we asked ourselves uh, in, the, in the preview, we were like, you know, what's the impact of having no Bobby Okereke? What, what, what's this defense going to be? Um, you know, with that, with some of the pieces like Stephon Gilmore and stuff like that as, as a whole, obviously, you know, Stephon Gilmore wasn't setting the world on fire with tackles, but like how, how will, with lo- losing some strong play- pieces of that defense, uh, from a year ago, Yannick and Gakway, that kind of thing. What, what is, who is going to step up? Can Zaire Franklin step up? And so far he has answered the call. Yeah. I, that's who I was thinking of originally as, as well. Um, I mean, when you get called a tackling machine by Jonathan Vilma, yeah, that says something for you. Um, for me, I'm also looking at the defensive side of the ball as well. Um, and I'm going with DeForest Buckner. And not because he had that fumble return for a touchdown. It just felt like DeForest Buckner all day was a disruptive force. He was getting constant pressure into the backfield and putting that pressure on Trevor Lawrence. He was making big plays, blowing up running backs at occasionally – that's the type of stuff we, we you have you want to see out of DeForest Buckner as a leader of that defense. Um, I felt like kind of like last year, just he kind of faded off, and you didn't feel like it was a typical DeForest Buckner type season. So to see him come out of the gate hot like he did, um, kind of really passionate again. That that I think that that's really exciting and. So for me, I'm, give, I'm, I'm giving him the, the shout out of the player of the game. Like I said, not because of the fumble return, but just the consistent pressure and the energy he brought to that defensive line. And it, it showed throughout other players too. I mean, you saw Quiddy Pay trying to feed off that energy and making and getting applying pressure. I mean, there was one where one play where Quiddy Pay was held so bad, everybody knew the call before the flags <laughs> were even thrown and the, I think the official was having mic issues and like, well, the announcer was like, well, we know what this call is. Um, like, oh, Jonathan Vilma said, I don't even have to circle it. <laughs> oh, no, there it is. Walker Little just really held Quiddy Pay for a yeah. long time. Um, so that the energy that DeForest Buckner brought to that defensive line, you kind of saw throughout the growth throughout the line. And if he can bring that every week, that that's only going to help this defense. So looking ahead to week two, the Colts play the Texans. And so I wanted to do, uh, you know, we wanted to predict the game as well as give a stat prediction of what we think might happen in week two. Um, I think Colts and Texans, I do think the Colts get the dub this week. I think they get their first win of the season. And what I'm predicting will happen is that Anthony Richardson will have his first multi-touchdown game through the air. I know he had a multi-touchdown game on Sunday because he ran one and threw one, but I think he'll have two touchdown passes which feels kind of bold because Lamar Jackson had no touchdown passes <laughs> against the Houston Texans uh, this past week, but I think Richardson does get two touchdown passes and a Colts win against the Texans this week. So, yeah, I reluctantly agree that the Colts will get the win. I I say reluctantly because Houston's the team that you have to lose to <laughs> if you want a shot at of landing Marvin Harrison Jr. Um because let's just be honest, that's that's the real prize this year. Um, but yeah, I think the Colts get the win. And I'm going with Anthony Richardson stat as well. 
I'm going to say he throws for over 250 yards this week um, and has, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to say he throws for two touchdowns and rushes for one. I think he also, I'm going to, I'm going to go big time here. Uh, He also rushes for 80 yards on the ground. He's the only person, only weapon in the Russian team. And if you want to get the offense moving, him running, unfortunately, is going to be it. And that's going to open up the pass then. Yep. I I didn't think about that side of it, but yeah, you're right. <laughs> He's kind of the only rushing threat they have as well. And I guess um, kind of said Josh Downs gets his first career touchdown too. I like that. A, a big weekend for the Colts, and, and we hope that that happens. Um, so why don't we go ahead, move off of the Colts for just a little bit here before we wrap up, and give a recap of Week One. Just kind of tie a bow on the first weekend of the NFL season of uh, the NFL regular season. Um, so I had a couple of things I wanted to discuss here. The first one is whose bandwagon are you jumping on in after week one of the NFL season? Uh, the team I'm going with is I'm going with the Lions. Now, I know I had the Lions in making the NFC Championship uh, in my preseason pick, so I guess you could already say I had one foot on the Detroit Lions bandwagon, but now I've got both feet in. I mean, to go into Kansas City and beat the defending champs is a huge statement win. I know Kelsey didn't play. This is, but also, this is Kansas City. This is it's supposed to be a team that it doesn't matter who Patrick Mahomes is throwing the ball to, they're gonna win the game. Uh, I mean, heck, they lost Tyreek Hill and won the Super Bowl. So you know they're supposed to be able to be like, oh, we lost a weapon. Ah, shucks, we're just gonna pick back up and and go and 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 be dominant. And the Lions went in there and beat them. Um, so that's, that's a big statement win for them. Um, it kind of, uh, so I guess in a way it kind of just, the reason why I want to say that I'm jumping on their bandwagon is this kind of solidifies them in my opinion as a team to be reckoned with this year, because you have, you have all those years where you go into the season, you're like, okay, I've got hype for this team. Uh, what are they going to do in week one? All that kind of thing, you know, and then you're either feeling really good about that pick or really bad after that pick after a week and, you know, Picking the Lions to go to the NFC Championship game, I feel pretty good uh, after they go in and, and they they beat the Chiefs week one. Yeah, so I'm looking at two teams. One, I don't even know if you could say it's really a bandwagon because it was one of my picks. The 49ers, they look really good going into Pittsburgh and doing what they did. That Steelers team, we all thought, oh, they got something going there. Um so I can't really say if you get that's a bandwagon to jump on because they're right up there. So for me, I'm going to say the Cleveland Browns. Yeah. I think this is a like what they did to Cincinnati and then what was done to Pittsburgh and the fact that Lamar Jackson didn't throw any touchdowns against the Houston Texans. I think Cleveland Right now, I'm 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 game to say that I, I could put Cleveland in the catbird seat of the AFC North. Yeah, I mean that's given, I mean, like you said, given what we saw on Sunday after one yeah, week. I mean, it was a very good performance all across the board um, by the Browns. So if we're looking at teams that you know you don't typically talk about or hear about um, in that that conversation of being one of the top tier teams this season. I would say the Cleveland Browns. That's yeah. who I'm going with. 
Uh, now going the other way, which preseason prediction do you wish you could have back after week one? Um, I know what one you pr- like probably a lot of people would have, and that's having the Jets doing yes. a lot of great things. I actually am going to go to Aaron Rodgers' former team. I had the Green Bay Packers on the outside looking in. I, you know, I said in the preview show, I was like, ah, oh, you know, you look at the Packers. They were eight and nine with Aaron Rodgers, so they're not going to be. <laughs> They're not going to be really anything uh, to to be reckoned with this year going to Jordan Love. What does Jordan Love do? Throw for 245 yards and three touchdowns and an 18-point victory at Soldier Field against a Bears team that I was much higher on than the Packers going into the season. Yeah, me too. So, um, yeah, so saying that the Packers were, like, not necessarily, because they still could miss the playoffs. I mean, it's just been one week, but... Um, saying that they were like solidly on the outside looking in and basically, basically implying that they're going to struggle to win, you know, six or seven games seems like a little bit of a, uh, of a bad call after one week. I, the pick I want, I want to go back on is saying that the Kansas city chiefs make it to the super bowl. I mean, yeah, you get Travis Kelsey back eventually, but. Is that really enough based off of the performance that that team put up against the Lions? I mean, I, yeah, it was a close game, but you just never felt like the Chiefs were the Chiefs, you know? I So the pick that I would want to take back is them making it to the Super Bowl for sure. Because, I, I mean, I didn't have the Jets. I had them making the playoffs. I didn't have – I wasn't on that bandwagon of them winning the Super Bowl or making a run to the Super Bowl. But yeah, let's just put it this way: my two picks for the from the AFC, oof, rough weekend. Who was it that you had? You had the uh, you had the Chiefs, but who else did you have in there? I'm uh, pretty sure I had the Eagles. No, but I thought you meant like because we did AFC Championship, NFC Championship. Oh, okay. I had the I had them playing the Bengals. Okay. Yeah. 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 So then, yeah, I, 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 I didn't know if you had the Bengals or not. I was like, I know I had the Bengals winning the Super Bowl, so I'm right there in that boat of, (laughs) of it doesn't look too great after one week. Um, but yeah, so not a great first week, uh, for the Chiefs and on along those lines, that's where I'm going with as we wrap up here our bold prediction for week two. Um, you know, there's after week one, there isn't a bunch of bold to go around in week two. Um, you could go Raiders over the Bills. You could go Bengals dropping to 0-2. Um, you could even, I don't know who the Jets play. That's why I was just trying to look up. I don't know who the Jets play. You could go them starting 2-0. Because I do think, I do think, I'm, I am buying into all of the, the, the propaganda after losing Aaron Rodgers of like, oh, well, Zach Wilson will still have Aaron Rodgers to guide him and will still have, um, you know, he's improved and matured. I'm like, you know what? I could kind of believe that. You know, I could, I could understand. So, Zach like, Wilson, you, Zach Wilson might you, sleep with Aaron Rodgers' mom. You could, you could have uh, that bold prediction be that you know the Jets win Week Two and start two and zero. But my bold prediction for Week Two is that the Chiefs will start zero and two. They lose to the Jags. Um, you know, it's in Jacksonville. Um, you know. I think the Jags beating the Chiefs to keep them wins, winless in a playoff rematch from last season would be the big storyline, um, you know, going into week three. So, you know, after week two, dust settles. If the Jaguars win and they're 2-0 and, oh and 
the Chiefs lose their 0-2. I think that's what a, a lot of the sports world will be talking about uh, going into week three. All right, so I see what I don't know. I'm going to say that the Chargers assert themselves as the team to uh, Chargers assert themselves as one of the teams, if not the team to beat in the AFC. With Jake Herbert. With Jake Herbert. (laughs) Callback (laughs) to to last week Uh, or two weeks ago or however long ago that was. But yeah, I mean, who does a, you know who the Chargers play offhand this week? I do not. Off kinda, the top of my head, I kind of want to look real quick. Um, I mean, I mean, I not to say that that's not a good pick. Oh, yeah, I mean, look, that game with them and the Dolphins was absolutely insane. Um, I, I'm interested to see, um, you know, what Justin Herbert does. Let's see, it's the Chargers and the Titans. So, oh yeah, the Chargers are own one. I I wasn't even thinking about that. It, it's when you have a game like they had against the Dolphins, you're like, oh well. I can't even remember who won because it was so crazy. Um, but yeah, I mean, heck, I mean, if they start one and one and you, well, maybe not the Chiefs... AFC, I'll say the AFC West AFC. That's a, that's a bit strong yeah. considering what like the Browns did. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll say the AFC West. Yeah. I mean, I think they're definitely in it for sure. Especially if my, if both of our predictions come true, I mean, I think that's going to be, uh, a big story. So far, I'm batting over on my predictions. So, <laughs> hey, here we go. Well, on that note, that will do it for this week's edition of the Crash Course Podcast. Thank you guys all for hanging out. Remember, you can like us on Facebook, 3C Media, at 3C Media Sports on Twitter. Uh, if you're on the YouTube channel, go check out the TikTok. Uh, that's where we got a lot of content going out as well. You guys have been showing a lot of love to like our Players of the Week and things like that high school football season so shout out jay stuckey he's our week four uh player of the week um so go check out the tiktok if you're on tiktok or if you're on the podcast app go check out the youtube channel uh that's where we've got a lot of good you know content over there as well you guys have been showing a lot of love to the youtube channel as well and i'm very grateful we're very grateful that you guys have been showing love to that remember you can listen to the crash course podcast every week on apple podcast spotify wherever podcasts can be heard you can hear the crash course podcast you can find me at crash course fm on twitter b scott where can they find you find me on twitter at brandon underscore scott 87 Next week, we've got a pretty fun, entertaining video for you regarding college football. Really excited to bring that to you. But until then, have a good week, everybody.